Hey friends, it's Cleo here from Conversations with Coco and Friends. We are actually on a show break right now for the next couple of weeks so that we can recharge and reset our minds. But don't worry, we have plenty of incredible old episodes that we want you to listen to while we're away. This week, I'm recommending our episode on fertility and all the things they don't tell you. For me, this is a personal one since I am 33 years old and looking at my own fertility and what my options are since I'm single and ready to mingle and want to still have the option to have children later in life, should I so decide. It's one of my favorite episodes we've ever done, and I hope you like it too. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Cool fact: A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. This episode wasn't supposed to happen. We were meant to interview a fertility specialist, but she bailed last minute. And as we sat there in the studio, not once to waste an opportunity, we just started recording. Because we were meant to talk all things fertility with the expert, we just decided to have our own candid conversation on the topic ourselves. Having trouble getting pregnant this past year has forced me to be quite seasoned in this department. Though I would rather not have to know what it feels like to have multiple miscarriages, I am moved as a result to share some of our journey with the hopes that more women find out about their reproductive health before it's too late. I am also a big proponent of speaking about fertility and, and infertility so that more women don't feel so incredibly alone when their plans for having a family get derailed. I hope you enjoy this personal conversation with myself, Cleo, and Pilar, and let's keep the conversation going. Another day, another sleigh, ladies. We are live from the gutter. Just kidding. <laughs> And by and by gutter we mean excellent, awesome studio exactly. in Santa Monica that we're jealous of and we want our own podcast studio now because of it. Basically wanna live here. Yeah, we're moving here. Sorry, not sorry to all of our fans back home. Some more <laughs> Toronto to LA transplants. Yes. Shout out to Drew for lending us his studio and Roman for making the connect because we like new friends. We do, and it's just another way of realizing how important your connections are, how important your relationships are. Your network is your net worth. Hey, now. Thank you, Debbie. <laughs> Preach. So today we're just sitting down, the, the core trio of us right now, and we're about to get into some of the real shit, as we usually do. We're talking fertility today. I don't know if you saw Katrina's post on Instagram a few weeks back. Whew, I seriously... My chest was so tight about it when I was reading that. But Katrina's going to tell us a little bit about her journey of trying to have another kid and how it's been what no one actually tells you. Where do I start? Wow, that was an introduction. So like he was saying, um, I posted about uh, a few miscarriages that I had last year. I, I think 
one of the reasons why I did post, or I know one of the reasons why I did post, was because there's so much um, misconception around having a baby and fertility. It, it seems to be so easy that mm-hmm. you just, I mean, when you're a teenager, it's all about protection and um, abstinence and or. Literally. <laughs> don't get pregnant. Don't get pregnant. Get on the birth control pill. Protect yourself. It's so easy. You can get pregnant from a toilet seat. Oh, my it's God. It's so, like, these a mess. <laughs> Even being on the pill, I'm like, oh, my God, like, am I pregnant? Yeah. Like, I actually get so scared yeah. the next day after I sleep with someone. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm going to be pregnant. <laughs> like, yeah. And now, like, after yeah. speaking with you and hearing your, I'm like, you know, it's a lot harder to get pregnant. Yeah, it's, al- it's almost, though, because you still hear all these people who are just like, we did it once. and yeah. Oh, they looked and at yeah. someone and they're yeah. like, I'm, I'm pregnant. pregnant. <laughs> these accidents, right? These happy or sad accidents that happen, plan B babies, et cetera. But um, what I found is, and I'm 39, so there's that. I was married. Um, I had Harlow. Um, when I was 32. Did you have any like difficulties with having her? Yeah. So, uh, what I, but what's so funny is that I didn't realize I had difficulties having her. So when I was, I had youth in my corner. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I, I, I mean, and not, I was 30 or 32, um, when I actually had Harlow, but previous to that, I had had an ectopic pregnancy, which is a pregnancy that, um, happens within your fallopian tube Mm -hmm. and it's extremely dangerous. So that ended up passing um, as it aborted itself, as they say. Um, A spontaneous abortion is what it's called, I believe. Um, When was that? uh, That was when I was 31. Okay. So um, I had a, and then I had two miscarriages. Before age. Before Harlow. After the ectopic pregnancy. One before, one after. Okay. Yeah. Uh, But I think as women, a lot of us are really good at just packing stuff up and pretending it didn't happen Mm -hmm. and moving through it. And also before I was trying for age, I I had a miscarriage when I didn't want to be pregnant anyways. Uh, So I didn't really think about it in that way. It sounds strange, but I didn't. Uh, And then now when I was trying to, um, I got divorced and got into a new relationship with Jimmy. We took our time and uh, because I thought, well, I had Harlow. I didn't have anything to worry about. Mm -hmm. Um, I see people getting pregnant at 50. So we're good. (laughs) Totes fine. Um, Totes fine. Yeah. And it seems like all natural. Mm -hmm. Um, But then when we actually started trying uh, it was not as easy as I thought. So last year was when we started trying, and uh, we had two miscarriages last year. Um, one was pretty swift, about two and a half months into my pregnancy, and then the third one was four months in. And that was the first one I was like, I can push through, I'm okay, mm-hmm. you know, you have miscarriages, everybody has miscarriages. Because once you start talking about miscarriages, all of a sudden everybody's had one. Yes. But before, nobody's had one, yes. and everybody is just perfect Isn't with perfect crazy? babies. <laughs> you say it, and then everyone yeah. else is like, wait, yeah. no, that happened to me last year. So I think that's why I wanted to post, because I wanted to allow this space for more women to feel okay about mm-hmm. having a miscarriage. So the second one was horrendous. Like I couldn't move past it. The, the fact that it was actually gory. Yeah. So like yeah. blood everywhere. <laughs> um, very traumatic. And very painful, like physically painful. Yeah. 
um, I couldn't, I got to the, to like the point where I couldn't push through it. I couldn't hide it away. I couldn't mm-hmm. work it away. I couldn't go to work and just be like, I'm good. Like, it's fine. We can no, keep trying. Fine. It was yeah. like, wow, there's a problem. There's something going on here. And the things that happened around it were just, you had to laugh or you would literally jump off a bridge. Yeah. So. There, there's no in between. <laughs> no. Like I did the um, the test. There's a test that they that you can do and they encourage when you're over 35 where they test your fetus mm-hmm. or I don't know. They take your blood and they do all these tests to see if they have issues. They can figure that out earlier now. Uh, so I did that and it was so funny. It's not funny at all actually. But I had just got, I just had um, a miscarriage. I had gone to the doctor and told them I had a miscarriage. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's within this doctor clinic, right? So you see different doctors. And I was part of this uh, where I went to get the blood drawn. It was like a special part um, where they had to send the test off. And so on Thursday, I had the miscarriage. And on Friday, I get a call. And they're like, congratulations, it's a girl. And she's perfectly healthy. And I'm like, mm. Oh, my God. I was super silent. And I'm like, and they're like, hello? And I'm like, "Uh, yeah, I had a miscarriage yesterday and I came into your office. (laughs) So you should know. And there's silence on their end. And they're like. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. I'm like, goodbye. Oh, my goodness, <laughs> Katrina. So, yeah, I'm laugh- I'm laughing now, and I was actually laughing at the moment because I was just like, come on. Yeah, like when it rains, it pours, <laughs> ladies and gents. Clearly. Yes. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. Susan. Yeah, I, I mean, that added on to the fact that I, I thought I had passed all of the material baby yeah. stuff. Um, but on, I actually, it actually really started happening. Uh, at um, Downey's farm when I was oh. taking Harlow and uh, my daughter Harlow and her um, cousin Sienna to pick strawberries and they did not want to leave the farm and I was bleeding <laughs> like crazy. Oh my God. Dude. And a two, uh, an hour and a half drive back downtown in traffic Amazing. going through all of this and kids like, why do we have to leave? Like what's going on <laughs> this whole situation? So God, Yeah. It was traumatic. Um, this is all to say that so many women go through these things and so many women don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. And it kind of got me really interested in knowing, like, wh- why didn't I know? Mm-hmm. Like, once I started asking the questions um, and went to see a fertility specialist, they started saying that I don't have a lot of eggs and my eggs aren't in great condition. But why didn't I know this? 
you know, why isn't it common practice to understand your, the female body mm-hmm. before you get into a position where you're like, you probably can't have kids. Yeah. It's too late almost. And like, could you have done something differently? Like, is this genetic? Is it like nature nurture? What can you do better from a younger age? Or at least so you understand what the risks and yeah. whatever are, because I've never heard a single thing. And I'm pretty, I'm a person who likes to ask a lot of questions and even when you and I have had conversations about this, I'm like, I'm sorry, what? Yeah. Like, we don't know. And you learn that really quickly with doctors. No shade doctors, I get it. Yeah. But if you don't ask the right questions, yeah. you can't get the right answer. Yeah. And But if you don't know the questions to ask, so like, what are you supposed to do? Exactly. What are the options, right? So mm-hmm. when you're younger, should I have frozen my eggs when I was going through um, getting pregnant with Harlow? Should I have done it younger? If those eggs were saved, would they have been healthier eggs? Could I have used them now? Mm-hmm. All of these questions. And then not even exploring the idea of what about my partner? How's his sperm? Exactly. Right? Like yeah. there's 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 a, there's a whole other side to that piece yeah. too. And it's like, can your doctor, if you go into your regular like family doctor and tell them that you want to look into your eggs or look into your fertility, like probability, Mm -hmm. then would they lead you to like a gyno or... Right. What are the steps? Is it, you know, is it doctor, gynecologist, naturopath, what fertility clinic? Mm -hmm. What are the steps? Does it cost money? Do we have to pay for it? And like even access, like the idea of like, okay, cool. Let's say at 22, you knew all this information because you were, I don't know, the all seeing eye Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you're like, great. I want to freeze my eggs. Well, I mean, can is that even accessible for a 22-year-old working, like, I don't know, a bartending job or in terms of, like, money? And then you have to ask the question of, like, what kind of toll will that take on your body, too? Because mm-hmm. it's not like they just reach in there, pluck out your eggs. Right. It's, yeah. It, yeah, it's not easy to harvest your eggs. Yeah. That's another thing. When people are saying, I'm just going to wait, I'm going to freeze my eggs. It's a process. You know, okay. you have to take hormones. It's not free in Canada. Uh, and it's not supported by the government unless you have a pre-existing condition that allows for it. Mm-hmm. So one fallopian tube or endometriosis or something that might make it more difficult that you can make that claim. But that all takes time, mm-hmm. right? You have to prove all these things. And then finding the right doctor who will lead you in the right direction because there's also doctors that will say, you're fine, you're young, don't yeah, worry about it. Yeah, there's a lot of different yeah. misconceptions around it. And it's like on the topic of hormones and wanting to freeze your eggs or deciding that it's your time to have a child, like how how long before should you get off your birth control when you're preparing to have a child or how long before should you take out your IUD? Like there's not like a one-pager FAQ on this <laughs> from our WebMG. If only. <laughs> I know. And also, if you go on the internet, it's a very, very, very terrifying place, right? It's the worst place. <laughs> like, like you have you have a stomach problem and they're like, appendicitis, cancer. <laughs> you're, you're done. There's so much information. Like, I've been on the pill, I'm going to say the better part of 15 years. Like, I, you know, back in the day when, you know, you have like teenage acne and the doctor's like, birth control. And I'm like, okay. I wasn't like having sex or anything like that, but I got on it and then I, I don't have any noticeable side effects from taking a hormonal birth control pill. Yeah. Some people go to a crazy town. Me. <laughs> I know a number of them. I've never thought twice about it. I'm happy to take it. Like I, I care like deeply about my sexual health, 
about all of those things. I'm not ready for a family. And now I'm like, mm. should I be ready for a family? I was like, or am I doing something to my body that I don't right. understand? And the worst part is, I'm not even brand new. Like, I'm, if you guys don't know this, I'm a nerd. And so I've actually gone in and like read the studies, like real academic peer reviewed studies about the impact. But now I, I can't undo it. That's the problem. I'm 32 years old. And I'm like, oh, if there is something I did, even with all the information and the ability to ask questions, can't change it. Right. What now? Yeah. I think now what do I do? And then on top of that, it's even harder for women because it's like you want to prioritize your career or some of us want to do that before actually building that foundation Finding the man that you want to have a child with, in this case. How do you balance all of these things? Right. And I have a lot of friends who have kids. I think what happens is we also don't talk about how hard it is to have a kid or how difficult it could be to be pregnant or the things that come with that. And then what happens after you have a kid yes. and the difficulties that come with that. It's just a lot of pressure, I yeah. feel like, for like women to be like, the, pop this baby out and be like, this is the greatest experience yeah. of my yeah. life. My yes. pregnancy was incredible and I love my baby so much. And uh, Like, it's it's kind of mean. Mind like, you, Instagram doesn't help with that. No. Hallelujah. Where they're like, yeah. look at my perfect body. Snap back. Yeah. At Kylie Jenner. No, Coco, I feel like you should enlighten us on the postpartum <laughs> mm. and your pregnancy journey in particular because it's like, we see these stories on Instagram specifically where people are so thrilled to be pregnant. Like, let me know. Like, you're right. a liar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think the truth is, is that the same with pregnancy. The problem with it is, or the beautiful thing of, about it, is that it's different for everyone. Yeah. So that's what makes it so tricky, mm-hmm. right? You, there's not a one size fits all. And so that's why I think women can feel so alone. Like, for me, oh, oh my God, I, I, I love my daughter, but I hated being pregnant. Mm-hmm. Like, hated it. And I knew a lot of women around me who loved it. Mm -hmm. And then after having her, um, I didn't, I didn't talk to a lot of women around me about postpartum. I, I kind of knew what it was, but I'm, I wanted to like, I love my baby and I didn't want to think that there could be anything negative that came around that. Uh, But it's, it's super lonely, especially if you don't feel like you can talk to people honestly about it, Mm -hmm. because somehow there's a correlation between not feeling good after having a baby and not liking your baby or not Mm -hmm. being grateful. And that's like completely not true. And you get out of it and then you feel better. But if there could be some more support around Mm -hmm. that, and maybe I just wasn't accessing the right people, but I do feel that women need to talk about the crazy part of it. Yeah. <laughs> the uncomfortable part of it, the not feeling real in your own body, not feeling connected to your partner, mm-hmm. maybe not feeling connected to your baby even. Which is a scary thought because you think when my baby comes out like, oh, my, I love you so much. You love your child unconditionally. <laughs> I have a question. What do you think, Coco, that people – like friends of people who are having a baby or who are pregnant or whatever can do better to support their friend. Like in your situation, what could you have used from the people around you in the way of support? I think, first of all, I need to take accountability that I need to ask for help. Um, Second of all, like people just coming in and giving you a minute, like taking the baby and... Um, giving you a minute to have a shower mm-hmm. <laughs> or a nap or or a walk by yourself. 
um, giving you time and space to do that. Because as a mom, you also want to be like this superhero that can never sleep and be amazing and look good. And it's it's easy for some people, but it's not easy for everyone. And it can be really tricky. So just pro- being there to provide you time away, like mm-hmm. a little me time for people. I always buy um, new mothers like a, a gift certificate to a spa and then say that I'll, I can help you with childcare because I think in the beginning, like you feel so, a lot of pe- women feel really horrendous. And just to have the freedom to like do something just for you where someone can make you feel good again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is, that's, that's is such a beautiful. good idea. I have a I have a stat I um, want to read. Shannon Boudram, who we recently interviewed, has been openly talking about getting pregnant and the how it's not as easy as it seems. Mm-hmm. And the thing about the crazy thing about getting pregnant is that it, it's it's not if it's not instant, every month feels like oh my god, it's so much longer. Exactly. Like you're like okay, we have to try again and then it doesn't happen. And mm-hmm. then you're like, oh my God, am, am I running out of time? Mm-hmm. Anyway, she's, this is her stat that she posted on one of her posts. According to The Bump, women in their 20s have a 20 to 25% chance of pregnancy each month. At 30, the chance of becoming pregnant in a given month drops to around 15%. And by 35, the li- likelihood is less than 10% in any given month. Holy hell. Like, how do we not know these stats? Uh, I fully thought the whole world, and by the whole world, I mean they, quote, air quotes, <laughs> the chance of getting pregnant that they say is like 96.42. Yeah. Like You're every definitely time. getting pregnant. Yeah. That is so low. Like you know, even, even in your per- 20s, 20% yeah. chance. It's low. She's low. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just interesting. And I think that my whole point with all of the, even talking about any of these things is to just get women a little bit more aware of what's going on in their bodies so that they can ask the questions and advocate for themselves. Now, because you have gone through this process, what are things that you should have been asking at an earlier age? I think at an earlier age, for sure, I would have asked a doctor to give me a referral to a gynecologist straight off the bat Mm -hmm. because your general practitioner, unless they're super duper amazing, is not going to delve deep into your lady bits if if that's that's not their specialty. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so Us I, begging to get a pap smear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, literally. Yeah. They're really, they're dropping. Once yeah. every three years only. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, no, but maybe something's oh, no. going on. No, you're fine. Close your legs. Get out of here. <laughs> um, so I, I would ask to see a gynecologist for sure. I would also, I love working with naturopathic doctors mm-hmm. um, because just being generally healthy and more aware of what's going on in your body mm-hmm. in both streams, I guess, mm-hmm. um, is super important because there are supplements and vitamins that are really great for you to take um, on your pregnancy journey that even a, a traditional doctor will tell you to take. So oh. it's nice to talk to a naturopath because it can, like food combining and just general health over what you're putting into your body um, is great to get from a naturopath. And there's lots out there that specialize in fertility. So I would get a gynecologist. I would get a naturopath that speaks to fertility. um, And I would ask questions about my eggs, like where are we at? You Mm -hmm. know, sometimes Mm -hmm. you don't want, and another thing is I didn't want to admit that there might be an issue Mm -hmm. and I didn't want to put that stress around it. So I was like, let's just bang and see where we go. (laughs) And the the best. And the funny thing is, is we got pregnant really quickly. But the other part to that is that I couldn't stay pregnant. Mm -hmm. Yes. So that's something that I didn't even know about. A lot of people have a lot of issues getting pregnant. So I'm getting there. It's just part two. Yeah. Yeah. 
you feel like too, obviously because you've had like a few miscarriages. So every time you get pregnant, there's like a heightened anxiety around that too. Like No, which is weird. Now I am. Now I don't even want to try. Yeah. <laughs> right? Because I'm now I'm like, I don't want to go through that again. Yeah. So what are the other options? But I think that's also so caught up in my brain. So I have work to do there in therapy and meditation mm-hmm. to try to work through the trauma because I, being a, considering myself a strong, independent woman, failure is an issue. Mm-hmm. So like now we have to work through the failure piece and the self-blame. So I'm not, I'm not there yet. I don't, because I don't want to go through that again right now. And also the piece that people don't talk about, some people get pregnant and deal with it differently in their bodies. But for me, I gain a lot of weight. I'm very emotional. And so last year with all the stress of all the work we were doing and all the travel, add on to that like hormonal imbalances, mm-hmm. I just felt crazy for like 12 months, yeah. you know? And I'm just starting to come out of that. What's one thing that you wish you did to take a step back and actually clear your head? It's so much yeah. easier said than done yeah. to do those little self-care days. Yeah. But what was something that worked for you that might work for other people? I just think forgiving yourself, right? Like allowing uh, allowing yourself to have the space to grieve and not make your don't feel stupid about it. Mm-hmm. Like I would be like, oh, it, it, it was so small. Like, you know, it was only four months. I, it's so much worse for everybody else. Like imagine have, giving birth to a stillborn. Imagine and yeah. you go through that process. It's, it could be so much worse. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you just have to say, no, that fucking sucked. Yeah. Yeah. And give yourself a couple days to like, shut off and live in the suck and and then find your toolbox of how you're going to get through it mm-hmm. and how you're going to work through it and be open with your partner. Like been so lucky to have a super supportive partner through this process um, who had to like physically and mentally clean up the mess of what was going on. So I'm grateful. I'm so grateful for that, but just to continue to be open about the dialogue because sometimes you just don't ever want to talk about it again. Yeah. Yeah, you just like put it in a box yeah. and bury it in the abyss. And then it but it it never gets buried. It's no. always there. I feel like you learned recently that it wasn't just you either who was like suffering through this. You didn't know. No. So when something happens to you, your body, mm-hmm. you 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 instantly think it's it can always just be about you, right? Because I internalize it all. Like, I can't do this. Like, I can't have a baby. I'm not a woman enough. I, all of these things. But I was out for dinner once with my um, boyfriend and my parents. And he told the story from his perspective of going through the, like these miscarriages and um, how difficult it was for him. And he had never said that because he wanted to be strong for me. Mm-hmm. And around me, but when I heard him talking about it from his perspective, and how in pain he was just seeing me like that, mm-hmm. and how he couldn't fix it, I was like, "Oh, so it's not, it's not just me. Yeah, you're also going through it, and you also don't necessarily want to deal with it, talk about it because it is so real and mm-hmm. so horrific, and you want to be strong for me, but then both of us are being strong for each other without getting together and." together yes (laughs) and actioning items like what should we do next and sometimes actually my therapist said (laughs) she's like maybe you don't need to make a decision right now and I felt like 
I'm getting older every second. I'm getting older. Like oh, my eggs are dying. It's getting, you know, but, but she was like, what's a couple months going to do? And it, and maybe, maybe you just have to give yourself the time. And I'm still giving myself that time. Maybe and that's just important. chill. Yeah. yeah. She goes, we don't need to cover next steps right this minute. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Debbie. I mean, well, that's a, like the hard part because you're an action-oriented person. We're solutions-oriented. Generally, like, okay, cool. Like, what's next? How do we fix this? How do we, mm-hmm. like, whatever, whatever. And that is very insightful. We'd be like, maybe nothing right now. Yeah. Just take a beat. Yeah. Or six. Or maybe nothing ever. Yeah. Right. There's There's finality in that, but there's also peace. And I, I talked to a friend of mine who has been going through this. So I have been going through this for a couple, well, a year, but she's been going through it for about 15, right? Wow. Um, but what was so beautiful about it was that she has now moved through it and she's like, it's just my story. We all have different stories and this is this is part of my story and that's okay. And, and you know, maybe we're not going to have kids. Maybe we are. We are. Still haven't landed on whether we're going to adopt or not, but there is something beautiful in accepting that this was your path, mm-hmm. and that your path is nobody else's, and be at peace with that. So, in the age of Instagram, where everything seems so fucking perfect, it's not. <laughs> it's we not. Promise. It's not. We promise. We rebuke perfect around these parts. <laughs> yes, and we hope that um, people feel in sharing stories that more people will share stories and more women will feel. And I, I say women because that's the perspective I understand. More women will feel more open and not so alone and 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 scared and that they can't tell their story. Because like if we shared more information, yes, so many problems would be solved. Like you know, if, even in in friend groups, like if we open up more and we say, "I'm really struggling with this. I don't know what to do. Do you have any tips?" And then you'll find one one woman in your friend group will be like, "Oh, I struggle with that too." And you're like, "Bitch, really? Yeah. Where have you They're been?" Like, yeah, five <laughs> years ago, it took me four years to get pregnant. Like, what? But they keep it to themselves because they don't want to be judged or. Yeah. We're here to say, talk about it. Yeah. I think that speaks to like the core thing that we say literally every day, but like be more collaborative with your people and collaborative around the hard stuff. Sometimes you have to be able to come to a conversation and leave your shit at the door and like create a safe space for your friends to be able to say the things that they're not supposed to say, quote unquote, and make that okay. You know, you don't always have to like what someone's going to say. You don't always have to rate it or whatever. But if that's your friend and you love them, I believe strongly that our responsibility to one another in relationships is to is to hold space, mm-hmm. even for the shitty shit. Because I, like I said, I've had a million friends who've had kids, and every one of them, you know, it's like what you say. They're like, I am barfing like five times a day, and I hate this, and I don't want to do it, and like I love my kid, but I'm gonna punch my kid in the face. Like I don't mm-hmm. know what to do, and there needs to be room. To say that and be like, all right, girl, don't worry. Let me let me take that tiny human. Cool, 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 cool. Go have a cigarette. I don't know. A drink, a bath, whatever you need. Whatever. A cigarette, Should, a drink, yeah. a bath. Want me to pour you a martini with all 16 olives? Because you probably haven't eaten breakfast in six days. No problem. I got you. Extra back. dirty. Uh, <laughs> Filthy, in fact. Extra cold. And that is your cue. Everyone, go have a dirty martini. And we hope that this was an insightful conversation. Thanks so much for listening. If you love this episode, you can follow us online at C-O-C-O-A-N-D-C-O-W-E. Subscribe, rate, and leave a review. 
It seriously helps and we would be so grateful. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.